H2O in the know. In this episode, we're going to discuss hydration and the effects it has on the body. I'm sure we're all well aware of the fact that we need water to function, but what are some of the reasons why we need water? What are some quirks about hydration that we might not know of, and what don't we notice when we're doing certain activities? I'm your host, Chris Torres, and to give us some great answers to these questions today is our guest joining us by phone, Dr. Larry Armstrong, Professor Emeritus from the University of Connecticut. Dr. Armstrong, it's great to have you join us on the show today. How are you? Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure to be here. All right, so let's get right to it. Uh, How much of the body really consists of water? Well, uh, the answer to that is not simple because it's different in different people. But in a room of young, healthy, lean people like you might see in a college classroom, it's approximately 60 or 65% by weight. Now, if someone has uh, body fat, and we all do to some degree, uh, which is in excess of the average, then that percentage drops to 55%, and it might even drop to 50% in someone who has a lot of subcutaneous body fat. So how much water uh, would you say does the body lose every day on average? A number of studies have shown that in the average person, say someone who weighs around uh, 70 kilograms or approximately 150 pounds, uh, their water turnover, and that means the water that's consumed and the water that is lost, their water turnover is about 2.5 quarts or 2.5 liters per day. How much more water can the body lose after uh, activities such as exercise or labor or just even sweating in a hot environment? Uh, It depends on the activity and on the stress of the environment, but typically uh, sweat rate or sweat loss is the largest contributor to that additional water turnover or water loss. And sweat rate for the average person in a gymnasium is about eight-tenths of a quart or about eight-tenths of a liter, 800 ml. And uh, if someone is an athlete or they're, they're uh, exercising strenuously, they might lose one to one and a half liters or one to one and a half quarts per hour in sweat. With athletes, however, for example, in a hot weather triathlon or in a marathon, some athletes even lose two to three quarts or liters per hour. Uh, even tennis players have been measured well over uh, 3.5 liters records per hour. So that's an enormous loss. Now, for an entire day um, in the desert, soldiers and um, athletes that are, for example, performing a long-term triathlon like an Ironman could even lose 10 to 14 liters or quarts per day in sweat. That is a lot of water loss. Well, it certainly is, and interestingly, (laughs) uh, if you figure 14 quarts, I mean, who drinks that much? So uh, that's very rare for anyone to drink that much water, and so it's typical for those people in those situations to carry a deficit into the next day, and that's something that we'll speak about in just a minute. And how much water do we lose through sleep every night? Very little. Uh, In the total day, if your turnover is about two and a half quarts or two and a half liters, per day, the amount we lose at sleep at night is just a fraction of that, say a tenth or maybe two tenths of a quart or a liter. And that is primarily uh, through respiratory water loss, uh, 
And if you should uh, happen to wake in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom, it uh, might be a small amount of urine loss also. At what stage in water loss are we technically dehydrated? Uh, the answer to your question is a technical one. Uh, in, if we lose or turn over 2.5 liters or 2.5 quarts per day, uh, that means that of the water that we lose, uh, we can actually get an average uh, from day to day. And we can also measure an average body weight or an average total body water from day to day. So whatever your average is, whatever your baseline is in this changing, ever-changing body water, uh, that uh, from that point, uh, you are technically dehydrated whenever you lose weight or lose water. Now, the body can deal with that. The body has many backup mechanisms to conserve water. And the body uh, really seems to have about two quarts or two liters of free water that it uses as a reservoir in those situations. But technically, whenever you lose body weight uh, due to water loss or inadequate intake, you are dehydrated. And in what ways can mild dehydration affect the body? Uh, it's not really well appreciated uh, that mild dehydration can indeed affect the body. Few people would disagree, few authorities would uh, disagree that at 5% body weight loss or 7% body weight loss that you have really remarkable and severe effects on the body. But every day, most of us could lose 1% of our body water if we don't drink. And uh, so uh, at about 1.5% and beyond, so that means for a 100-pound person, that would be 1.5 pounds. Or for a 200-pound person, about 3 pounds of water. And remember that a pint's a pound the world around. So for every pound that you lose, you've lost a pint of fluid. Well, uh, that means that at about a 1.5% body weight loss or 2% body weight loss, uh, you start to see these effects. And the effects include not only physical effects on your heart rate, on your body temperature regulation, that is uh, whether you heat up quicker or not during activity. Uh, there are also effects on your cognition, uh, that is your mental processes, processing uh, difficult problems or uh, visual vigilance that is focusing on a task for a long period of time. And there are even mood changes that can occur. Uh, these would be changes in ways uh, that would include uh, fatigue, and perhaps even uh, changes in how cranky or, or uh, angry you feel. So indeed, mild dehydration can affect us, and that's a good reason for us to stay well hydrated throughout the day, each day. What are some functions of the body that water supports? Well, if we are 60 to 65 percent body water by weight, then you can see that the body has uh, placed great importance on conserving water. And the question then becomes why? Well, obviously your blood is primarily water. Uh, so the cardiovascular system, your blood pressure and your heart rate are, are influenced. Uh, your metabolism is influenced. And when you think of cells, all the, the billions and trillions of cells that we have in the body, 
your body water is really the medium in which your metabolism and all the biochemical reactions occur. So it's clear, and, and it explains why the body defends water so rigorously. It's essential for life. Also, if you think of all the nutrients that the body needs to survive and to live, those nutrients include, of course, carbohydrate, fat, protein, vitamins, and minerals. But the, the nutrient that people often forget about, and the essential nutrient, water, is also one of the six essential nutrients. So uh, we call it an essential nutrient because, indeed, it has many, many important functions in the body. Now, you were recently given a grant from the Drinking Water Research Foundation to write a manuscript about how much water humans need every day. What yeah. did you discover in that research about how much water we need, and is it more than the common suggestion of eight glasses per day? Well, you know, uh, that idea of eight glasses per day is common. Uh, I remember about 20 years ago, it was uh, growing in the media, and it, it just spread like wildfire. Uh, interestingly, since that time, uh, the National Academy of Sciences in the United States and the uh, European Food Safety Authority both put out their own technical documents and your listeners can uh, uh, find these online. But these documents uh, all support that 1.9 uh, liters a day. Eight, eight ounce glasses translates to about 1.9 liters or roughly 1.9 quarts per day. Well, that does sound like quite a bit, but indeed, uh, the Institute of Medicine in the United States and the European Food Safety Authority, which represents 23 countries in Europe, uh, both have recommendations that are above that, which range from about 2.3 liters a day for women to men in the Institute of Medicine recommendations up to over three and a half liters a day. So, uh, as I look at those recommendations from organizations that systematically and thoughtfully and scientifically looked at the body's need for water, they recommend indeed that uh, uh, that eight glasses a day is probably a minimum that we need. Now, what does that mean? Well, that includes water that we also consume in beverages other than just drinking pure water. That includes what we have in food, uh, watery foods like soup or watermelon, but it also includes the water that we gain in beverages, such as coffee or, or even uh, cola beverages. And were there any other interesting discoveries in your research? Well, uh, I worked with uh, a colleague and friend at the University of Wyoming, Evan Johnson, and we found in looking back at data that had been published from numerous studies uh, in our own independent analysis of looking at uh, the amount of water that people uh, consume today compared to how the body uh, regulates its total body water using hormones, especially arginine vasopressin or the antidiuretic hormone. We found that uh, indeed uh, there's an upturn in the endocrine or the hormone regulation of body water at about 1.8 liters or about 1.8 quarts per day. Uh, that was a new finding because no one's ever really looked at using uh, arginine vasopressin or the antidiuretic hormone in that way. And what that, uh, I'll try and translate that for you. Uh, what that means is that if you don't drink at least 1.8 liters or quarts a day, your body's going to start producing that hormone, 
which acts at the kidneys to conserve water. Your urine becomes more concentrated because the body is holding on to or retaining that water at the kidneys. That's really interesting and it kind of leads into my next question here. Another thing that you've done in recent years that's been really unique is create a urine color chart to help indicate a person's hydration status. What color should our urine be? Uh, you're exactly right. There is a chart, and that chart uh, has been verified in a number of studies now in uh, healthy young adults, in people who are elderly, in children, and even people who are ill. And so uh, in terms of the urine color, it's good always to have a urine color that is pale yellow or the color of straw. Now, the color chart, uh, which, by the way, can be found on the website hydrationcheck.com. That's one word, hydrationcheck.com. Uh, the color chart was verified against clinical measurements of uh, urine osmolality or concentration and urine-specific gravity, another measure of concentration. So something as simple as your urine color can tell you whether you are well hydrated or not. And a simple way of doing that is just checking the urine color. The darker the urine color, the more likely it is that you're going to be dehydrated. And that simply means that the body is retaining that fluid. The body is retaining that fluid so your urine color is darker. All right, Dr. Armstrong, and my last question for you today is, what advice do you have for people to stay properly hydrated? Oh, you know, that's a great question. It's the million-dollar question, and it's really important for our health because more and more studies are showing that long-term health, especially of the kidneys and other organs in the body, is related to the amount of water that you drink each day. Uh, low drinkers and high drinkers have been identified. That is, some people drink very little each day, and some people drink more each day, say two, three, four quarts a day. Well, uh, the advice I would have is that there are three things that you can use to check your hydration state. One of them is the urine color, which I just discussed. The second thing is thirst. Now you'll often hear that thirst is not a good indicator of your hydration state. Um, I guess that means that it doesn't track it very closely when you're becoming dehydrated. But thirst is important if you know that thirst does not appear until you are one or two percent dehydrated. So if you're thirsty, you are already one to two percent dehydrated, and yes, you should begin drinking. Thirdly, you can check your body weight. I mentioned earlier about the baseline body weight. If you measure yourself when you get out of bed in the morning on three or four or five days, you're going to find a body weight that's relatively stable, your average or your baseline. And what I'd recommend is that once you find out what that baseline is, you can use that from day to day to day, uh, within you know a week or two. And then you might want to reestablish that baseline in case you're losing weight, uh, losing body fat, or in case you're gaining weight, gaining body fat. But if not, if you're stable body weight, then you can use that baseline to check your body weight in the morning. And if your body weight is down, if you've lost one pound when you wake in the morning, Remember that a pint is a pound the world around, and that means that you ought to make up that pint in addition to what you would normally drink each day. So bottom line, uh, three things that we can use, urine color, 
thirst and body weight as long as you find your baseline first and measure it when you get out of bed in the morning wearing the same clothing using the same scale. And with that, we'll wrap things up. Dr. Armstrong, thanks again for coming on and joining us today. Uh, it was great having you on and I hope you enjoyed it also. I certainly did. It's been a pleasure. All right. And before we go, I just want to thank the listeners for checking in with us as always. And remember to follow and subscribe to the H2O in the Know podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. This is Chris Torres signing off. We'll see you next time. Music by royaltyfreemusiclibrary.com.